Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running FreemanFurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello, and welcome to episode 28 of the Maker Mom podcast. Today's guest is Jen Woodhouse, uh, who you probably have heard quite a bit of in the DIY and maker space. Jen has recently also started a new venture with Anna White, uh, both of them creating the company Spruced together for plans for makers to contribute to with their plans of their uh, projects and for people to have a space to go and know that there's trusted plans out there that they can buy and make their own projects from. So I'm excited to share this interview with you today and I think you all will enjoy it as well. Uh, but before I do that, um, just to put this out there, remember uh, we are making a tribe here of Maker Moms. That is really what this podcast is about is to build up and create this community and have us all working together and talking and sharing and all things maker and mom work. And so if you want to become a part of that official tribe um, and be able to contribute and um, get access to some really cool stuff like early access to episodes, getting to participate in the online maker mom meetups and, uh, you know, get stickers and cool jazz like that, then head to Patreon, uh, and look up Maker Mom Podcast and join the tribe. Or, even better, follow along with the Maker Mom Podcast on Instagram, at Maker Mom Podcast. Hit the link in the bio, hit Maker Mom Tribe, and there you go. So if you aren't already doing that, hit pause right now and go do that right now. Uh, and... Uh, make sure that you're spreading the word about the Maker Mom podcast. We want more Maker Moms to be able to listen, to hear, so that they can join in with this tribe that they are definitely a part of. And if you have any suggestions for Maker Moms that you want to hear more about their backstory, uh, you can hit me up with a DM at Maker Mom Podcast on Instagram. All right, so with no further ado, here is Jen Woodhouse. All right, so we'll just go ahead and jump in then. Um, why don't we start with, even though I feel like you probably don't need much introduction, but if you would like to give a little bit of an introduction about yourself, what you like to make or DIY and a little bit about your uh, family and your kids. Yeah, sure. Um, so, um, I'm Jen Woodhouse and I am a work from home mom, <laughs> self-taught carpenter, um, mother of two. I homeschool my kiddos and um, I'm also an army wife and I also run the House of Wood which is my website which has uh, do-it-yourself projects, home renovations and um, uh, tutorials and plans on how to build furniture and home decor items. Um, yeah so that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> 
Awesome. Um, how old are your kids? Uh, six and eight. Okay. So pretty good age group there. Um, have you homeschooled them all along? Uh, for the past three years now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I've got a third grader and a kindergartner. Okay. Well, awesome. All right. So let's go back a little bit. What was your childhood like? Uh, what were things you were interested in as a kid? Um, well, I've always been creative. I was um, really into music. In fact, I went to college for um, music, theater, and dance, and um, I play the piano and guitar. And so, and I also wrote music um, for film and TV. And I have some CDs out, you know, on iTunes and wherever else online. But um, so, yeah, music really was my main passion. And then it kind of when I was doing music full time after I got married and then had, um, I was pregnant with Evie, our first child. She, um, you know, I didn't really want to go on tour and, and be away from the family anymore. So that kind of took a back seat to everything else. Um, I grew up, uh, air force. I'm an air force brat. My dad was in the military. He, um, he, he, uh, retired. He retired from the air force. And so we moved around a lot while I was, um, younger. So it was like every four years, a new, this was a new place, which is always a nice adventure. Um, and I just never really thought that I would marry into the, the military again, <laughs> but, uh, but it's been fun. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's basically my childhood. I, um, I'm the second born of four kids. <laughs> I have two younger sisters and an older brother. Okay. Um, were the rest of your siblings as uh, musically inclined as you? No, not really. My brother uh, was a you know star soccer player. He was he was really great at soccer. Um, my sister, like the youngest sister, is now an attorney, um, and then uh, the other sister is you know just a mom like me. <laughs> okay. Um, so, how long have you been? making and, and doing DIY? Well, um, it kind of started when I was pregnant with my first child. Um, and like I said, she's eight now. And, you know, you get that nesting instinct when you're pregnant and you just want to like organize all the things and get the baby's room ready. And um, my nesting instinct kind of just kicked into overdrive. And um, I started building things. Um, I found uh, Anna White's website. This was like, gosh, when she was just starting to um, publish her plans on her website and, and she did so in such a way that it was um, accessible and it non-intimidating. So I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I, I think I can do this. And so I'm pregnant, like six months pregnant, waddling up and down the aisles of Home Depot and with a lumber cart behind me and getting all kinds of weird looks. But um, yeah, so I started, um, I started building and my first um, Mother's Day present was a compound miter saw and I've just been building ever since. So so what was the first project that you built? It was actually a shoe caddy. So um, my husband and I, we lived in an apartment at the time. And, you know, you walk into the door and you have this long hallway. And we would just, like all of our shoes would just be kind of thrown at the door because we tried to do the whole no shoes in the house rule thing, you know. Um, but then, then it kind of left a mess of shoes at, at the door, which I didn't like. And my husband's like, Oh, you know, we can get one of those, um, hang over the door shoe pouches or something. And I was like, this is why you don't make decisions. <laughs> um, and then, uh, 
And so I was like, no, we have to like, let's build something. And then, so, um, and at this point we had really no power tools. I think I had a drill. And so I, um, I found Anna White's plan and then, you know, it gives you a cut list and you know what lumber to get. So I went to home Depot and I gave them this list, the cut list. And I said, yeah, I need these boards cut to these lengths. And they were like, uh, you don't have a saw at home? Like, no, I don't have a saw at home. And so they cut all the pieces for me and then I towed it all home and then I assembled it. And then, um, you know, of course just learned from there and, um, and just really enjoyed the whole process of, of making something that was tangible, like added tangible value to, to our lives, you know, and it was uh, a lot more cost effective too. So yeah, it's been great. Great. Um, so at what point did you start to entertain the thought of, you know, taking the skills uh, that you were learning for projects at home and, and turning them into a blog and a business? Yeah, well, um, it really started out with, you know, just like me wanting to kind of document like, oh, look what I made. Here's this thing I made. Um, and then, uh, and I think Anna and I had worked together, you know, we became friends online and we'd work together on a couple builds where she would write me the plans and then I'd build the thing and take the pictures and then, you know, she posts them on the website and, um, I'd post like, you know, my in process, um, uh, in, on my website where she would post the plans on hers. And, um, and then, uh, Shortly after, I think it might have been a couple of years after, you know, working together in that respect, um, we actually met in person and she sat down with me for like half an hour and I said, I want you to teach me how to use um, SketchUp, which is the program that we use to write our plans. Um, it's a 3D modeling program. And, um, and so she took 30 minutes of her time and sat down and showed me, you know, gave me a crash course on that. And, and it just literally changed my world. I'm like, oh my gosh, it really is like virtually building. And um, and now I, I'm able to draw my own plans. I don't have to keep bugging you for, for plans whenever I want to build something. And um, and it just kind of grew from there. And, and being able to uh, do that for myself was really, was really empowering. So kind of a game changer. Yeah. Um did there, I mean, you know, I know most, especially uh, most of the maker moms that I've interviewed for the podcast um, definitely feel like Anna uh, and you were both kind of like pioneers in this space. Um, mm -hmm. I guess, do you feel that way? Do you feel like you were pioneering that you two were helping to create something new together? Oh, absolutely. I think, um, cause yeah, we've been just doing it for such a long time, but, um, I think, at, um, just making, you know, woodworking and building accessible and easy to understand, you know, the way that Anna would do it is, um, you know, she would break it down in such a way that I didn't need some super fancy power to, you know, woodworking tools or skills you know, she literally said, go get this at Home Depot, <laughs> cut it down this way, um, put it together that way. And so, you know, I kind of learned from her where uh, the more we worked together, the more I started to understand, okay, well, how is a piece put together and how, 
you know, what's the most efficient use of materials? Because that's another thing too, because a lot of the biggest reason why we, well, one of the biggest reasons that we do this is because it's a lot more cost effective than, you know, going to the store and buying something. So um, we're always mindful of, you know, how can I make the most of my materials and have a, as little waste as possible? And, um, you know, and, and it's off the shelf lumber that you can get at the, at the home improvement store, as opposed to, you know, having to go to a lumber yard and know nothing about board feet and, you know, and, and all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we write our plans, um, like it. So it reads like a recipe. Um, you know, so if you can follow a recipe, you can build a dining table. Um, but as far as pioneering the whole thing, I think it was just right place, right time. Um, Anna, you know, started it and I um, was kind of brought up in, in the way that she, uh, you know, wrote her plans and then I started to do the same. And I think that we just have been doing it in, you know, so long and in such a way that it's not intimidating and it is accessible and um, yeah, so. Were you, do you feel like you were, um, you know, you personally were aiming for an audience of women or just like beginner woodworkers in general? Yeah, I think both. I mean, I think mainly, um, yeah, I would say mainly it would be, you know, other stay at home moms or moms that are, uh, wanting to be resourceful and contribute to their family in some way. And, um, in other ways, I should say, really. But um, so, yeah, I think that while not um, a conscious choice, it's definitely a subconscious choice. I know that I'm always thinking in the in you know from my perspective, being a stay-at-home mom and wanting to have nice things in my home and and making sh and wanting those things to be safe and you know healthy for my family. So um, I think I do keep that in mind when I'm when I'm thinking of my audience and then, and then as you know, the blog grew, you, know, you could kind of see like, okay, who, who is the audience that I'm reaching? And most of them are women. I think I'm at right now I'm like 60, 40. So 60% women, 40% men, um, as far as my audience goes, but yeah. Okay. Um, and I believe, you kind of started the whole um, IG Builder Challenge? Um, no, I wrote plans for that for one season. Um, the organizers, uh, uh, Rachel from Desert Woodworks, mm -hmm. and um, two other people, I think, uh, I can't remember who it is, but, but they're the ones who started the IG Builder Challenge. But um, I was just... Um, I just wrote the plans one season and then was a judge on another season and um, also judge again this, this, this year. So. Okay. All right. Um, what has it been like to participate in that? Because I've seen it grow, you know, um, is this, is this season seven, I believe? Oh gosh. I don't know. Yeah. It's been going on for several years. Um, it's been really great. I know that, you know, from previous years, like looking at it and seeing the plans that were built, uh, you know, and saying, okay, the challenge is to do um, to do a dining table or whatever. And here's the the um, the original design. And now, 
you put your own spin on it and then being able to see so many different modifications and versions of the same you know piece was really cool so when it came time for my season when I was drawing the plans um, I was thinking okay there are there's like a, a huge range of skill levels here you've got the beginners all the way up to like these really um, skilled craftsmen so how can I um, draw a plan that will be child you know that won't be so complex for the beginners and yet still um, challenging um, for those who were more advanced so um, yeah but I mean it's been it's been really cool seeing so many different versions and so many different skill levels building the same you know original design and all of the different takes on it and it's just really really amazing stuff it is um i haven't uh participated yet in any of the challenges uh though i hope to get to someday but it's been fun just watching all mm -hmm. the different um takes like you said on on the same design but people take it in their own direction yeah um so what was the first uh tool that you ever picked up and used um it was actually a sander. It was a power sander. My, um, my, I was refinishing an old dresser that we got. It was a hand-me-down dresser, and it was this really dark, like, um, I don't know, almost like espresso wood, and I wanted to lighten it up. And so my husband's like, yeah, I've got this, um, this sander thing, and, you know, I'm putting on a mask, and I, like, I'm, like, closing my eyes <laughs> um, to turn it on because like the power itself is just like it you know I wasn't used to power tools at all um, so it was a sander but I specifically remember um, I was watching like I think it was like the first or second season of HGTV's Design Star are you familiar with that show yeah yep uh, yeah so and you know the, the, the contestants are running around you know they're they're making this room up, you know, they're sewing curtains and they're they're decorating it with furniture and, and textiles and all this stuff. And then one of the contestants is like working this compound miter saw because they're building something for the room or whatever. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, you know, I'd love to be on this show, but I could never do that. <laughs> that person's like handling that big power tool. I could never do that. I specifically remember watching that show and thinking, yeah, I would never be on that show because I can't do any power tools. And then like you know, several years later. Yeah. So I guess let's, let's talk power tools a bit. So I'm assuming, you know, you've grown your collection of tools um, as you've worked through projects. What is your kind of favorite go-to can't live without tool? Um, well, gosh, it's, I can't just say one. Can I say at least two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, it would have to be the compound miter saw and the other one would have to be a table saw. So those are my two workhorses in the workshop. Um, and I always tell people if they want to, um, you know, if they're buying tools or something, obviously a drill is, is something that you want, but the two that I say, I recommend that you don't skimp on, you know, you want to buy them the best that you can afford. It would be the compound miter saw and the table saw because those two are the workhorses and you know it's not only um uh 
you know, it helps your product productivity in getting the best tool that you can afford, but it's also a lot safer. So you don't want to skimp on those, but the other tools, maybe not, you know, it aren't, maybe it's not, uh, not important. Right. Well, you know, like, uh, what Brad Rodriguez says, uh, buy once, cry once, right? So try to invest just once in the best tool and it will last you a lot longer. Right. But like, let's say, you know, a jigsaw or something, you can get, you know, a mediocre jigsaw, but if you put a better blade on it or you upgrade the blade, then it, it definitely elevates the tool. So, you know, there are some areas where you can cut corners, but then others where, um, you know, you shouldn't. So. Mm -hmm. So um, is there anything that's like still kind of on your list of like dream tools that you haven't been able to purchase yet? Um, actually, yes. Um, so we're going to be moving in a couple months and so I'll be selling my table saw um, right now. I've just got a, I've got a cast iron rigid saw. It's a great saw. Um, but I want to invest in the, the saw stop table saw. So, um, sell my table saw now and then we move and then at the new place I'll get the saw stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, um, like I don't have a table saw yet and that's kind of what I'm holding out for is I really want to get a saw stop just for the safety aspects of it. Um, and I've used them before, uh, when I first started getting into woodworking and so I you know, feel pretty comfortable with using them. I think those are a good, good option. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I do want to kind of touch on that, you, you know, and you just brought it up being a military wife, I'm assuming you probably move about every four years. So how does that work with, with a shop and, and transferring that? I mean, are you kind of like a mobile shop basically? Well, um, yeah, it's actually every two to three years for us because Army is, well, Air Force is usually around four years, at least it wasn't when when, we, when my dad was in the Air Force, and then Army is more frequent, but my husband's in the Army. But um, usually, I mean, it really depends. Like one, one duty station, it will be, you know, a shed. <laughs> the next duty station will be my two-car garage. So, um, yeah, I mean, I have to set up shop everywhere we go. Um, but yeah, everything does have to be mobile. I mean, everything's on casters now. Like I've got a two car garage currently and everything's on casters because of like constantly having to move things out and move things around to, to work and all that. So, and then once we move in a couple of months, um, we're going to have a, our own house for once or we're not renting and, and I'll be building an ex, you know, an, an actual like detached shop on our property. Um, so I'm excited about that, but but yeah, I just kind of have to be flexible and stay, try to stay as organized as possible. Yeah, I'm sure that's, that's crucial. I mean, cause yeah, I, I mean, two to three years is definitely a much more frequent turnaround. Um, have you found, I don't know, you know, if you're uh, into kind of shouting out brands, but have you found certain brands that maybe are a little bit more portable than some of the more common tools that, uh, can make things like that, that the move, move constant moves easier? Um, no, not really. Cause I mean, all of my tools are pretty portable, right. At, you know, as it stands now, like I don't, you know, the, uh, really the table saw is the biggest thing. Um, and even that's on casters, but, um, 
I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, I mean, not really. I haven't really, um, you know, I don't have like this huge cabinet saw. I mean, I think with every workshop, I do build another workbench. Um, so I, I'll, I'll build a workbench and then two, three years pass and we have to move. And then I usually just give it to a friend or neighbor. And then when we get to the new place, I build a new one because um, it's just easier than having to move it. And I would think then that allows you to maybe refine things that you like or want uh, yeah, as you rebuild also, it every time. Yeah. And also build it to the specific space. Too, mm -hmm. so it could change as well. Right. Exactly. Um, so I know, um, you know, uh, I was at WorkbenchCon and, and you and, and uh, Anna were there too. And you two have started kind of a new joint venture together with Spruced. Um, so what's that like? I mean, that it seems to on the outside that that would be adding a little bit of uh, hecticness if that's a word, to, to your already probably very packed and busy schedule? Yeah, no, it's great. Um, yeah, we launched Spruce last year, and um, it's just been, it just seems like such a natural um, progression, I think. As long as Dan and I have been doing this and building and drawing plans, um, you know, and she at the time was just offering her plans for free, um, and then I had, uh, so the more complex plans that I write up, like my dresser plans or, you know, plans that take me a whole lot more time to put together, uh, it, I had to find some way to recoup that time investment and, you know, offering that for free was not really an option. So I started selling my plans, um, just a handful, like it maybe four or five plans that I have and the majority of my plans were still free on my website but you know the ones that were more time-consuming I, I was selling and um, I was just selling it on online and was super surprised to see the response like um, you know people were buying them and, and having no issue buying them they wanted to to have access to these plans and they knew that these are premium plans and they're sound and they're going to build this thing and it won't fall apart on them, you know? And so, um, so I was really surprised to see that, you know, um, people were willing to, to pay for this. And, um, and I, you know, which I thought was great because I, I saw the value in it, obviously. Um, and then, so I approached Anna and I said, you know, Anna, why, why don't you sell any of your plans? She's like, well, actually I do have some plans that never, you know, will probably never see the light of day because I just can't, um, put that time investment, you know, into it. Like for instance, her, um, tiny house that she built, um, she had plans for, but you know, it would take her weeks yeah. to put together the the whole plan and, and she just, you know, she couldn't do that. So, um, so she thought, Oh, and then I, you know, I told her, well, I've been selling my plans for about a year now. And this is, you know, this has been, um, a substantial, uh, like source of passive income. And so she was really surprised by that. And, um, and, uh, and, she, and then, you know, so I sent her a screenshot of my, my, uh, you know, a month's income or whatever. And she was like, Oh my gosh, this, this is just from selling plans. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I need to look into this. So, um, so, you know, then she kind of wrote up her tiny house plans and then put them up for sale. So we, 
we created Spruce as a platform for other makers to do that as well, because we thought, you know, um, our, our thinking was, okay, there are these furniture makers that are, their income is dependent on however many dining tables that they can build in a month, you know, and you can only do so much. And so what if we were able to help supplement their income by, um, oh, you know, giving them a way to make this passive income and selling plans was, was, you know, kind of the idea behind that. So if they're writing the plan, it's just like a one and done thing. And then they continue, continue to sell that, um, and then make that passive income. And then on the flip side of that, the people who let's say want this, um, you know, specific design on a dining table, um, built, but they live across the country and shipping that, you know, having them make it and then ship it is just cost prohibitive. Um, what if they can buy the plan, have someone make it or make it themselves and, you know, everybody wins. So that's kind of how Spruce was born. And, and we, so we created the platform for that. And, and we kind of like to think of it ourselves as like, um, the Etsy of building plans or project plans, um, where we have vendors on the site who are selling their designs and then customers who come to the site because they know that, that these are going to be premium and sound tried and true plans. It's going to set up, set them up for success. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're really excited. We launched last year and we were there at workbench this year supporting Spruce just because kind of to introduce it to the maker community because, um, you know, we just, we want to, um, not only, um, oh, what's the word, not only, uh, support the community, but also, um, you know, collaborate in this way and, and just kind of, you know, we hold our whole message for the whole workbench thing was just that we're better together and stronger and, and, you know, collaboration over competition, all that. So, um, so yeah, that's, um, that's kind of the, uh, the thinking behind spruced. Okay. So how do you, I mean, how do you manage, uh, you know, you've got spruced, you've got your own, uh, uh, blog and, and DIY business. Um, you're a mom who's also, uh, homeschooling. Uh, how do you manage all that without, you know, basically losing your mind? No, <laughs> um, well, you know what? It's not always a success. <laughs> I mean, you know, there are days that are that are wins, and then there are days that are absolute failures. And but you know, you just kind of have to give yourself grace every every day, and like think, okay, well, every the, the next day is a new day, and I'm going to try again or whatever. So, and and you know, I mean, I think that there's a myth behind this whole work-life balance. I don't think it really exists. And I think that if I'm succeeding in one area, for instance, like the blog is doing great. I've got all these, you know, projects coming out. And, um, well, on the other side that people don't see is like, okay, my kids are surviving on cereal or whatever, you know, so it's definitely, um, a give and take. And, you know, then the next day I can be super mom and they can eat whole foods and play out in the sunshine and but the blog has to take a back seat so I don't know I mean and I, of course I don't do it alone my husband is a huge help because he um he takes care of the kids when 
when he comes home from work and, and his, luckily his work schedule right now is pretty predictable where he's working, you know, Monday through Friday during the day, but then he's home nights and weekends. And, um, so that's a huge blessing. Like he's not deployed or I'm not, you know, having to do this on my own at this point. Um, so yeah, but we make a, a great team. So. Yeah, it's definitely uh, very important to have that support system in place to help uh, juggle all the balls at one time. Yeah, and I have no qualms about hiring stuff out too. Like, <laughs> I have a housekeeper that comes, you know, twice a month, and she does all the things that I don't want to do, like um, scrub the bathtubs or you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So, yeah, it's it, there are times when I have to say, okay, my time is better spent here so I can hire this out. So. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And that's good. I think that, you know, you can be aware of that type of stuff. Um, all right. So what's your, what's your favorite part about being in this maker DIY space? Oh my gosh. Um, there are so many favorite parts <laughs> there. Are, I mean, this is the sort of thing that keeps me up at night, you know, like, all the ideas and the the project ideas that I'm like, Oh, I want to do this or I want to make that, or I want to do this, or I want to see how someone made that, you know? And, um, I think that's, that's kind of it. It's just, it's a calling and it's a passion. And so just being able to be a part of that is a huge blessing and privilege. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think the the community in itself is really inspiring because there are some really cool people doing some really cool stuff and um and being able to cheer them on and and support them and in a way that I haven't really seen in other industries um where it's collaboration over competition or people supporting other people as opposed to seeing them as you know competitors and so I don't know. I'm just really proud to be a part of the community and, and, uh, and just hope that we can grow it and guide it in that, you know, to continue on that path. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, 100% agree that this, uh, maker community is very supportive of each other and helping each other grow in their skills and it, and in their businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is your favorite part about being a mom? Um, golly, uh, I don't know. I just think that these little kids are like the coolest people ever. <laughs> they're so funny. I mean, that's, they're really fun. Um, they're at a really fun age right now where, um, they're self-sufficient enough that I don't have to like, you know, not go to the bathroom because they, you know, <laughs> have to be watched at all times. But, um, I don't know. And I think being a mom is just, such a huge privilege. Um, I, it's also really, really humbling, um, and, and sanctifying, I think. So, so much of your own flaws are, um, are revealed to you in motherhood. Um, cause I do, I, I struggle a whole lot with mom guilt, you know, as far as like, working from home and trying to balance the time and saying, okay, if I'm not spending a hundred percent of my time and energy on them and I'm doing all of these other things, like, is that, 
is that bad? And, you know, on the flip side, it's, it's absolutely not, I would say, because um, I'm a better mom when I am fulfilled creatively and when I do have that creative outlet, as opposed to, you know, trying to just be 100% super mom all the time, which I'm not at all. Um, but I don't know. Does that um, kind of answer your question? <laughs> no, I think it, I think it does. Um, and, and I think it's a, there's also value in you sharing that you're not super mom because I think a lot of people uh, in this day and age of like the mom blogs and stuff, it's easy to get kind of in that trap of looking outwardly and thinking that you're not doing enough at home. Um, but absolutely too, most of us who are in this creative space, if we don't make time to create, uh, that makes us not a good mom. <laughs> like we, right. get cra- yes. we get cranky if we don't get creative. On Agreed. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, so especially since, I mean, especially since you did get into this space kind of early, um, were there any challenges that you felt like you faced um, getting into this DIY space um, as, a, as a woman in a traditionally, you know, more male-dominated field? You know what? Not really. I mean, somehow I've been shielded against this. I mean, I've heard of this um, discrimination and all that, but um, I've not personally experienced it. Thank the Lord, because I um, I don't know. I've just been really, uh, I guess, fortunate to the the guys that are that I do surround myself with the guys that are the makers, you know, in this community as well. They've been nothing but supportive and. Um, and just encouraging and really great, uh, great to learn from as well as, uh, you know, bounce ideas off of. And um, so, you know, I mean, I'm sure that being a woman in this predominantly male field of, you know, woodworking or welding or all that stuff, um, you know, I'm sure that there are challenges, but luckily I haven't, you know, I've only experienced um, these men, that have been super encouraging. So that's, that's always really um, validating for me too. Well, that's, that is good. And, and I do think, you know, usually when, when I ask this question of uh, other maker moms, the, the overall sense is that within the community, there is nothing but, but respect and support. Um, It's more, it generally is, comes from outside the community where uh, people just don't understand. Um, and so that's generally where it comes from. You know, the, the people who work in the, um, like in the Home Depots or the Lowe's or, you know, any kind of hardware store or people who show up at trade shows and stuff who just don't understand. But generally within the community, um, I think everyone is seen as an equal. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, on on the flip side of that, so yeah, I think it's maybe they're taken by surprise because we are um, not the norm, but Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think that um, if maybe they have the wrong tone, but they're asking the questions, which is good. Right. Um, And uh, in fact, uh, now that you say something, I remember this one particular incident where... um, we were selling, you know, like a chair or something in a yard sale. And 
um, the wife, you know, comes and says, okay, I'm going to have my husband come back and pick up the, this chair that you're selling because they bought it. And, um, and so the husband comes back and, um, I meet him out in my garage, which is my shop at the time. And he's like, Oh, you know, how does your, uh, how does your husband love all these tools? And I was like, Oh, he likes them fine. I guess and I didn't say anything. And I went in and, and I went to get my husband cause he was going to help him, um, you know, load this chair up into his truck. And so my husband comes out and, and the guy's like, Hey, so how do you like that? Uh, you know, that table saw or whatever he, whatever power tool he's talking about. And my husband's like, I don't know. She doesn't let me touch her tools. You know, she doesn't let me touch her tools. This is all hers. And he was just really surprised by that. <laughs> I just have to chuckle. I mean, I don't take offense. I just think it's really funny. And yeah. And I think too, like it's, um, on the flip side of that, um, talking about people within the community as well as um, on the outside of it. Um, I find that sometimes I get the opportunities that the men don't simply because I'm this like different unicorn, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I'm something different and, and, and new. So, um, you know, so it could be an advantage. It could be. You're right. Yep. Um, all right. So what kind of advice would you give to a mom? And I feel like you probably do this already through your blog, but what kind of advice would you give to a mom who wants to tackle a new skill such as making or DIY or crafting of some sort, um, but is hesitant to get started? Yeah. Um, just to start, you know, I mean, I know, I think for me, that's the most intimidating part. Um, but once you get going, you're going to make mistakes and that's okay, but you learn and, and you grow. And, um, and then once you're through all of that, then you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I, I just did this. And, um, and now, especially now, there are a lot more websites out there that, um, that will point you in the right direction where it's like, hey, you know, you don't have to have these fancy tools. You can have a drill and a saw, maybe, <laughs> um, or you can get the guys at Home Depot to cut everything for you, like I did. Um, and then, uh, and, and do it this way. And, and it's not a huge um, time or um, money investment because we're saying, hey, you know, use uh, off-the-shelf pine because it's cheap. And if you mess up, it's not that big of a deal. It's not like you're ruining a piece of black walnut or something, you know. So, um, yeah, I think my advice would just be to start and start to start small. So do like a coffee table or something like that. It's four legs and a top. So um, and then you can move on to a little bit more complex things once you kind of get the hang of, of how things come together. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I think, I think all of that is, is great advice. Um, yeah. Starting small, I think is definitely good. So what are, or I should say, who are some other, uh, maker moms that you, uh, admire and find inspiration from? Oh my goodness. So many, um, all of my friends, actually <laughs> all of my closest friends are people that I've met on the internet. <laughs> I don't know if that's a very lame thing or what, but, um, but they're all maker moms. Um, the people that I kind of run around with, um, off the top of my head, uh, Jen largest, she is, uh, she runs build basic and she also runs, um, house one, which is a, 
um, I guess a, I don't know, affiliate of this old house. She used to work for this old house. Um, who else? One of my dear friends, um, Grace Mitchell. She is a designer and she just got her HGTV show and um, is just doing some really amazing things. Um, she's based he um, here in Texas as well. Um, the Shanty to Chic Girls, of course, Anna. Um, uh, let me think, who else? Um, Mandy Goobler from Vintage Revivals. Um, I love just seeing her ideas come to life. Um, let me think, who else? Uh, working wise. Yeah, I mean, there's so many of us, which is awesome. <laughs> It is awesome, yes. And it was fun to see so many of us at uh, WorkbenchCon this year. Yes, yeah, that was great. Because the first year, did you go the first year? I did, yep. Okay, so the first year, you know that it was like predominantly male. Yep. Mm -hmm. A few of us women. <laughs> but then the second year, it looked like, I don't know, half of them? Yeah, it definitely looked like a significant percentage of us. Um, and I'm hopeful that next year there will be even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, Jen, just in case somebody listening actually isn't already following you, where can people find you and follow along with you? Yeah. So, my main blog is um, jenwoodhouse.com. That's the main hub website where all of my projects and plans and all that stuff is. Um, Spruce is its own website platform. So, if, if they're a maker and they're interested in selling plans. We do, um, we do personally like manually, um, approve every vendor that comes through. And that website is sprucedmarket.com and that's S P R U C D M A R K E T.com. Um, and then also if you're wanting to buy plans that you know are tried and true, come to spruce market as well. So like the vision behind that, the whole hope for that would be if you're wanting to build a dining table and then you go to spruce market and then 500 dining table designs come up and you just pick one and start building. Um, and then of course on social media, um, Jen Woodhouse on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest and all of the other things. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you as well have a YouTube channel? Yeah, actually, the um, YouTube channel is the House of Wood blog. So my last name is Woodhouse. So the blog is really named the House of Wood, um, even though the URL is jenwoodhouse.com. Okay. But yeah, so it's the House of Wood blog um, on YouTube. Okay, awesome. And of course, I'll have links to all of that uh, in the show notes so people, again, if they're not already following along with you, can do so. Um, and thank you very much, Jen, for taking the time today to talk with me. Absolutely. Thanks so much. I'm glad that we were able to finally get it, get connected. <laughs> yeah. Again, that was Jen Woodhouse with the House of Wood or jenwoodhouse.com. Uh, superb DIYer, uh, makes great plans, great projects. Um, and if you want to follow along with her and you aren't already doing so, I will include all the links to do so in today's show notes for the episode. This is episode 28 again. And if you are enjoying the podcast, I would love it if you would go to iTunes, hit subscribe, and leave a stellar review. By doing that, that helps 
the Maker Mom podcast get found by others, gets us higher in the rankings, and the more people that listen, the bigger our tribe grows. All right, until next week, see you later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Thank you.